Gimel Nisan Tafshin Ayin Vav, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. from his latest album that's a pasuk from Shir Hashirim and um, we uh, are used to uh, the modern Hebrew where the word stav usually means the fall in this case it means the winter hastav avar the winter is over hageshem chalaf halachlo the rains which don't come in the summertime in Israel the rains have gone away the buds of the plants, of the flowers, are seen in the land. And the sound of the doves can be heard cooing in our land. 
We'll have another version of that song a little later in the show. Welcome one and all. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're here each and every Monday live immediately following JM and the AM, 9 AM Eastern, 4 PM Israel time. And uh, you can listen to us, of course, in so many different ways, not necessarily live. And we know a lot of people do on the Nachum Siegel Network app which is available free on the iTunes Store and Android Store via NachumSiegel.com and as a podcast from the iTunes podcast list. You can download it and it will automatically get updated in your device every week on Monday. Not right away, but within a few hours, that's for sure. We have an interesting show planned. We're going to talk a little bit about Something that always comes up during presidential elections, moving the American embassy to Jerusalem. And we'll also share with you the, um, the video, or, or the beginnings, let's just say that, we're not going to get to the whole video, the beginnings of the video that was uh, created by Al Jazeera in English, which um, says, which claims that Although Israel accuses the Palestinian Authority of glorifying terrorists, the fact is, this is what Al Jazeera says, that Israel glorifies terrorists, Jewish terrorists. Okay, we'll take their proof and we'll uh, we'll answer it. We'll answer it. We'll refute it. We'll show you why they are masters at bending the truth. Oh gosh, they are. Um, first, we'll go to Yehoram Gaon. This is a beautiful song. I believe it was written by Naomi Shemer, Simanei Derech. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Mi zoheru mi odea et haderech el beiti Mi asher koli shomea bu yavo habaita iti Anene no tzarimal vashelef leheraglai Vedindun pamon apele hashomer tamid alai Emisham shalo baderech Emisham shalo Shemesh Hashukat, Bedindun Pahamonim, 
הם ידעו לפענח לי את כל הסימנים. אין שם, שם בדרך, אין שם, שם בעמון, אין שם, שוב הגייתם, בזמן Yehoram Gaon, and yes, the words are from Naomi Shemer, a beautiful song, and it talks about going home, and uh, if we're lost, then there are all kinds of little reminders of Simanei Derech, little, little reminders along the road to show us how to get home. I'm assuming that the uh, context there is uh, coming back to Eretz Yisrael, knowing Naomi Shemer's uh, viewpoints in life. Welcome to the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingart and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thanks for joining us, making us a part of your week. As we get closer and closer to Pesach, we will not be here next week. Um, and we are still, um, it's still up in the air about Chol HaMoed. So uh, stay tuned. We'll obviously keep you updated and there will be programming here. Uh, of a similar nature, I'll probably put together either a encore presentation, which we can call a rerun, or uh, a music uh, mix for next week. So, I saw something fascinating, a quote from Rav Cook, and uh, that I was unfamiliar with, but I'm unfamiliar with most quotes of Rav Cook because uh, I find it difficult to study Rav Cook. I am not have was not brought up in that. Um, educational um, environment and uh, of Cook's language as those of you who have tried know is, is extremely difficult to understand so abashedly I am ashamed to say <laughs> that I haven't studied much of Ruf Cook but there are certain phrases and certain um, pieces of his writings that so many people are familiar with I wasn't familiar with this one Here's the quote, Ahavat habriot, loving of each person. pashet al has to be applied to every person. Every person. Lamrot, despite, even though, Shinuye hadatot despite the differences in religion and in race. Clearly, this uh, could be applied to Muslims as well, as Christians and so forth. Tsarut ha'ayin, haro'ah b'mashre michutz la'uma, rak ki'ur v'tum'ah. The tsarut ayin, maybe we would say it's the envious look of people, right? When you look at somebody and you don't open your heart, to seeing the other person there, it, it, literally it's tunnel vision. Um, but the concept is not accepting the other person. <laughs> this way of viewing things, who, which sees anything outside of our nation, <laughs> thinks anything from other religions or other races is kiur, <laughs> ugly, and tumah, tameh, unpure, unholy. He mehamachshakim hanoraim, hahorsim kol binyantov. It is a horrible darkness that ruins all good endeavors. Now, it's not to say that Rav Cook would um, would would support murderers or terrorists of other religions. Clearly not. But Rav Cook surely saw. In his time, in his I don't know what when did, what year this was written, but Cook surely saw in his lifetime um, how the radical Islamics of his day killed Jews and um, carried on pogroms in in the various Jewish cities in uh, in opposition to the return of the Jewish people to their land, and yet Rav Cook writes that. So one has to just differentiate between those of other religions who want to kill us and just those of other religions who we need to look at with 
Ahavat Habriyot, love of every human being. It's a pretty amazing quote. Um, we promised you to uh, take a look at this Al Jazeera video. So here's what we'll do. We'll play a bunch of clips. We'll go to some music. You'll, you'll get the idea from the clips that we're playing of, of where they're coming from. We'll go to some music, and then when we come back, we will begin unpacking, analyzing uh, the different claims that they make. So this is from the Al Jazeera English uh, video that um, made its way onto the web recently. Glorifying terrorists, that's what the Palestinians do, unlike the Israelis. At least that's the oft-repeated view of Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Really, Netanyahu. Bibi? Really? What about the Olei Haggad on streets that you can find in several Israeli cities? That's the name given to the group of Jewish fighters executed in the 1940s after waging a campaign of terror and violence against Arabs and the British authorities, including the murder of politicians and the bombing of a train station. All of this in the name of creating an independent state and kicking out an occupying power. Sound familiar? Members of that group included Eliyahu Hakim, who helped assassinate British Minister Lord Moyne and who today has a street named after him in Haifa. And Shlomo Ben Yosef, hanged by the British for trying to blow up a bus full of Palestinians in 1938, who has streets named after him in both Tel Aviv and Aqqa. Well, you might say, fine, that was then. No Israelis today would praise or glorify Israeli terrorists. It's a wedding party in Jerusalem, celebrating the death of Ali Dawabsha, the toddler burned to death by Israeli settlers five months earlier. Celebrations that included the stabbing of pictures of baby Ali. Seriously? Now you might say, rightly, that's a fringe element of Israeli society, just a bunch of unrepresentative crazies. But hold on, what's this? A wanted poster for Yitzhak Shamir. He was at one point the leader of Lehi, a group deemed terrorists not just by the British, but later banned by the Israeli government too. Shamir was described by the British as one of the most fanatical terrorist leaders and helped plot the assassination of one of the UN's most senior officials. So whatever happened to him? He became Prime Minister of Israel. And this is what Netanyahu had to say about Shamir when he passed away in 2012. <laughs>
There are some songs that just become overnight Jewish classics that spread throughout the Jewish world and are sung at Shabbos and Chag tables and at the Seder table in this case in families of all different Jewish um, backgrounds. This is one of them. Not that long ago, Vihisha Amda of uh, Yonatan Razel. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. So, we're going back to Al Jazeera. And we'll uh, take a look at each clip, at each piece, each thought, and we'll try and reply. We will reply. I'm not going to try and reply. We will reply to uh, everything they say. So, um, let's start. Glorifying terrorists. That's what the Palestinians do, unlike the Israelis. At least that's the oft-repeated view of Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. Okay. So they're saying, yes, Israel claims that the Palestinians are glorifying terrorists. But that's just his view. And, and now here we go. Really, Bibi? Really? What about the Ole Hagadom streets that you can find in several Israeli cities? That's the name given to the group of Jewish fighters executed in the 19th 19- after waging a campaign of terror and violence against Arabs and the British authorities, including the murder of politicians and the bombing of a train station. Okay, now, if you listen to this and you're not familiar with the history, you'll, you, you should be convinced. Here is a group of Jews called Ole Hagardom, as he says. Ole Hagardom, he, he says it, but it's Ole Hagardom. And they are... Are, are lionized and their streets named after them and uh, later on he says there's stamps in their, in their honor the Israeli uh, stamp authority, you know, uh, postal authority so, so how could you how could you say that we, the Palestinian Arabs, are glorifying terrorists when you glorified Jewish terrorists when you were battling for your state here, here's the end of that thought. Well, you might all of this in the name of creating an independent state and kicking out an occupying power. Sound familiar? Members of that group included Eliyahu Hakim, who helped assassinate British Minister Lord Moyne and who today has a street named after him in Haifa. And Shlomo Ben Yosef, hanged by the British for trying to blow up a bus full of Palestinians in 1938, who has streets named after him in both Tel Aviv and Akka. Okay, so, the Jews glorify terrorists. Shlomo ben Yosef, Elio Hakim, Olei Hagardom. So, now what we have to do is go back a step and start understanding who are the Olei Hagardom, why were they, quote-unquote, glorified, why are their names of streets given uh, in their honor, and why are they, uh, as, as, as a group, Olei Hagardom, and some as individuals, and so forth. So, the Olei Hagardom... Literally, it means those who were brought to the uh, noose, that the hangman's noose. Um, these were nine Jews from different organizations, different groups. Some from Etzel, some from Lehi. They were hanged by the British in the late 1940s except for one who was hanged in 1938, almost all the others in 1947. They were mostly, of the the nine, at least six were members of the Etzel. So now let's try and understand what's happening. World War II is over. The Holocaust now has been revealed in all its horror and the British continue in their policy of not allowing Jews to enter the land of Israel which the British are now in charge of they've been in charge of the land of Israel since just after World War I they were given this sort of guardianship they were given the land of Israel to administer it for a period of time in order 
to ultimately create a Jewish state and allow the Jews to have their own government. It was, it was a temporary arrangement that the, one would say the, the League of Nations, which is somewhat like the UN at the time, set up. And it was called the British Mandate. They had a mandate in order to create a Jewish state. So the British managed to totally mess up this job that they were given. Totally. It, it, it is amazing to look at how sometimes the British, the BBC, the British government, talks to the people of Israel with such disdain as if the people of Israel uh, have no morals, no ethics. What the British did, uh, in a sense, in the Middle East, as a whole, not only in Israel, it, we are eating the bad fruits of that tree that they planted back after World War I. So the British were administering Israel. World War II is over. The Holocaust is now revealed to the world. Jews, refugees, people that went through the Holocaust and survived are getting on rickety boats and trying to come into the land of Israel. And the British are banning the Jews from coming into the land of Israel. They're sending back the boats. They're putting the Jews either back in Europe in, in DP, displaced person camps, or on, on Cyprus in displaced person camps, tents under horrible conditions, under horrible sanitary conditions, under horrible human living conditions. And the British had the goal to do this. Why? Because they were afraid of Arab terrorism. Wow, that's amazing. Shocking? No, not really. The British were afraid of Arab terrorism because the Arabs, from the late 20s into the 1930s and then the 40s, conducted regular, let's call them pogroms, terror incidents, sort of what today they call intifada, I don't like that we use an Arab word, terror, or a reign of terror, where they just went into cities and slaughtered Jews, the most famous of which is Hebron. We know that they went in on a Friday night and just slaughtered dozens of Jews, innocent Jews. They did that in Tzfat, they did that in Yerushalayim. The idea was to instill terror in the hearts of the Jews, and some of it worked. Look, the yeshiva in Hebron left Hebron, and is now in Yerushalayim. There's a Hebron yeshiva in Yerushalayim. You ever thought, why is that? It's because they left Hebron after that, because they were afraid. So this is going on, and there are three groups in Israel that are armed. The Haganah, the Etzel, and the Lehi. You have to also understand that the Jewish people in the land of Israel had elections, and voted to have uh, the, the, the Jewish, so to speak, representative, official Jewish representative, that would eventually become the government. That was called the Jewish Agency. By the way, interestingly, it was called the Jewish Agency for Palestine, because in those days, Palestinians were Jews. Anyway, hopefully we haven't confused things too much. So basically we have... The, the the Jews living in Israel, they've elected a civilian, um, semi sort of pseudo-government called the Jewish Agency, and they interact with the British. The British, who totally control the land of Israel, have militarily, using military might, have given in to the Arab terrorism and have capped how many Jews may enter the land? A very small number, I think 30,000 a year, were allowed to enter. This began before World War II, meaning a lot of Jews could have been saved during the war had the British not had this insane policy. And it continued after World War II when you had over 100,000 Jews in displaced person, person camps in, in Europe. And so, in Israel, there now developed... There were three groups, three armed groups. The Haganah was the official defense force. It was called Haganah, defense, of the Jewish agency. And the Jewish agency had a policy of not responding. If they were attacked by the Arabs, they tried to defend themselves. But they didn't go out and respond 
to Arab terrorists. And they didn't do any, they didn't have any violent activities aimed, that they initiated, aimed toward the British or the Arabs. That was true for most of the time. There was a period of time that even they got so fed up that they decided to join with the Etzel. The Etzel, which was led by, famously by Menachem Begin, they believed after the Holocaust, not during the war, but after the Holocaust, that they needed to have some form of armed um, uprising against the British, and yet never to kill civilians. In fact, they didn't even try to kill British army people. They wanted the British just to feel that this is getting bad, it's uncomfortable, and we got to leave and let the Jews and the Arabs work it out. The Etzel would call ahead if there was a bomb. For example, the King David, which was the center headquarters of the British army at the time. They called twice to warn them, get out of the building. They called 30 minutes in advance. There's the witness who made the call, who has written her story. But the British didn't care, so they didn't leave the building. And, and there were civilian injuries. But in general, the Etzel was very careful, very, very careful, not to go after civilians, and even if they went after military, it was only under very, very specific circumstances. The Lehi was a more radical, let's say, group that did believe in political killings. They did kill um, Count Falk Bernadotte and Lord Moyne in Egypt. They believed in political killings. Again, not usually targeting innocent civilians. However, and here's the big difference, and here's why the entire argument that they make falls apart. The Etzel was outlawed by the Jewish agency. The Lehi was outlawed by the Jewish agency. The democratically elected authority of the Jews in Eretz Yisrael outlawed these groups, they opposed them to the extent that they snitched on the Etzel and the Lechi to the British. They found, felt that the Etzel and the Lechi were hurting the Jewish cause and were wrong. And when the state was established in 1948, the new government, led by David Ben-Gurion, ordered the Haganah, which was the Colonel, the nucleus for the army, the Tzva Haganali Israel, they incorporated the name that way. They ordered the army to fire and sink an Etzel boat known as the Altalena that was attempting to deliver arms to the underground. And they did fire on the boat, and the boat sank, and people were killed. Menachem Begin was on the boat at that time, and he made it out by the skin of his teeth. After that, Several years after that, the state literally blacklisted members of the Etzel and the Lechi. They couldn't get jobs. Yisrael Eldad, one of, the, one of the leaders of the Lechi, wanted to teach in a public school in Israel. And they wouldn't let him. And he had to take it to court in order to get a court order to tell the government that he has to be allowed to teach. So, did the state of Israel glorify terrorists? A, they weren't terrorists. They did not, did not target civilians. They did not even target non-civilians, mostly. Why are the Olei HaGardom point, uh, uh, separated out and, and, and given street names and so forth in Israel not so much because of what they did but because of what happened to them they're not called the resistors they're not called fighters they're called those who were killed these were people some of whom did nothing he, he points out in this video you heard him talk about Shlomo Ben Yosef he's the one 
who was hanged in 1938. And the story of, of his attempt, he tried to throw a grenade into an Arab bus. Whatever the background is, we, we don't believe that terrorism is okay. We don't believe the violence is okay. There is a background to it, but it doesn't matter. He didn't succeed. He didn't kill anybody. Nobody was hurt. And yet the British decided to hang him. And so the state of Israel is giving recognition to the fact that they gave their lives even though they didn't do anything. Blowing up train stations in Jerusalem, he mentions. Really? Was the train station blown up? No, it was not. The Etzel was putting a bomb during off hours when there were no one around or very few people around. There was a huge sign that said, Danger, stay away, in order that the people, nobody get hurt. The idea was just that the blast should have an effect on the railroad, on the railway. And they were caught in the act. The bomb never went off. The bomb was, was never happened. And yet the British hanged the people that they caught. And that's the point. Israel, whether you like it or not, and we can disagree about whether this was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, but these are the facts. The facts are that Israel does not glorify terrorists. The facts are that even though there was a small group that was not approved by the official government of the state of Israel, both before the declaration as the Jewish agency and afterwards as the government. The, the reason that they're given credit or that their, their names are, are collectively given recognition, street names and others, is because they gave their lives... They were hanged by the British in what was a sadistic, horrific policy of killing somebody who didn't do any damage. He intended to, but didn't. Ultimately, we need to separate what the government does from what individuals do. Later on in the video, he quotes, he brings a video of the, of the wedding that took place not a few months ago. We spoke about it during the dancing of the wedding with the Shir HaNekama and Akmama Oivai of Shimshon and they took a picture of the infant that was burnt in Duma and were stabbing the picture that was a horrific video everybody in Israel came out against it it was and, and were horrified everyone spoke out against it the people who are glorifying that video were a small group of crazies. Then he says, but wait, you would say they're a small group of crazies, and that doesn't happen anymore today. But what about Yitzhak Shamir? He was Prime Minister. Well, Yitzhak Shamir, whatever he did, happened in 1948. The, the, the misdirection that they use is amazing. Their ability to twist the facts and, and create these lies is amazing. I hope that we've clarified somewhat I hope that we understand that it was never the majority of Israelis it was never the official voice of Israel that glorified terrorism and in the most part there was no terrorism even in the period leading up to the state of Israel even by the Etzel and the Lechi I wouldn't call that terrorism. And if you want to call it terrorism, it's a form of terrorism that calls ahead and warns the victims. It's a form of terrorism that puts a big sign on, on the bomb on the rail, railway tracks that says, this is a dangerous bomb, stay away. It's a form of terrorism that really didn't kill very many people at all. How could we compare it to the Palestinian Authority? If the Palestinian Authority would outlaw the Arab terrorist group, would outlaw Hamas and others, rather than glorifying that the Palestinian Authority would work diligently to fight the terrorists in every way, just like the Jewish Agency did, again, whether we like it or not, those were the facts. Then, there might be the beginnings of a comparison. And even then, remember the difference between targeting and murdering innocents and the goal of never killing innocents. That is... Um, 
took a lot longer than I thought it would, but I hope I've covered the subject. And um, with the advent of the spring and the uh, end of the winter, we opened with the, sto- with the song, words from Shira Shirim Kinei Hastav Avar, the winter has gone, now isn't, that was uh, by Aaron Rozelle, and now we have the Kolachai version of the same words, beautiful version. My name is Mayor Weingarten, you are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Kolachai. That's from their album Bini. You can purchase uh, Kolachai's music off of their website. Uh, their albums are probably out of print by now, but their website allows you to purchase MP3s individually or by album. And that's Kolachai, K O L A C H A I, Kolachai.com. Kolachai.com. This is the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are sponsored, the Israel Show is, by Nefesh Benefesh. Hey, this is Chodesh HaGeulah. This is the month of redemption. And it's a period of redemption. It starts with Chodesh Nisan and then Chodesh Iyar, which has in it both Yom Ma'ud and Yom Yerushalayim. We celebrate so much of our freedom and our return to the land of Israel during this period of time. And so it's appropriate that we take a look at the Nefesh Benefesh website, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, and take a look at what they offer and what they can do to help in the process of Aliyah, even if you're just thinking about it, even if you just want to make very basic general plans. Go onto their website and take a look at what they do. They help financially. They help you find employment. They help you deal with all the government headaches. And they really have lessened those headaches tremendously. They do all that in a beautiful and amazing way. And I encourage you to take a look at what they offer and to consider your place in the land of Israel. So take a look nbn.org.il The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh Revolutionizing Aliyah Zamar Noded, another Nomi Shemer song. We love Nomi Shemer here at the Israel Show. Great stuff. Um, let's see. Took a lot of time on the other uh, subject, and um, will we have enough time to cover this? Yeah, let's try. Every candidate. I, I can't. I can't remember a time when candidates did not get up at some Israeli forum, whether it was the APAC policy or others, and, and announce, I will move the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. How stupid do they think we are? By now we all know that they will not move the embassy to Jerusalem. 
and saying you'll do something when both you and the audience knows full well you won't just makes you look silly and not credible. You know, if we keep this up, then the entire content of the APAC speeches will become meaningless. They end up being a checklist of pandering statements. Oh, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this, I'll do that, which we could just write in advance. We don't even have to wait for them to come and say it. Look at Barack Obama's APEC speech when he was first running for president. Well, if I were the candidate speechwriter, I would formulate it like this. I will not move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. I would love to. I believe that Jerusalem is the eternal capital of the Jewish people, and as such, I believe that the U.S. Embassy should be there. But I'm also aware of the geopolitical realities which stood in the way of every president before me, and I'd be lying to you if I said otherwise. It's that simple. And I think the candidate that says that would get great applause as well. We're going to close out with a classic Pugi Yoya off of the uh, live album, Pugi's last concert performance. Before we do that, we're going to say thank you to everybody. First of all, thank you to uh, all of you who are listening. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. It's facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Yesterday we posted a very cool video of a new song called Ma'agalim and an animated video, which is amazing. It's considered, by the way, um, on the news I heard, it's considered one of the top animated videos in, on, on YouTube in the world. It was done by an Israeli group. And uh, take a look at it. It's, um, it's on our Facebook page. We will also be loading up to the Facebook page uh, in a bit the links to the songs that we played today and um, probably the Al Jazeera video and the, uh, some of the points that we made against it. Uh, so please, do like the page. It's important uh, for us. It helps us get more attention on Facebook. So thank you for all that. And of course, you can email us, mayor at nachumsegel.com. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, encore presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Uh, we will not be here live next Monday. And uh, we take this opportunity to wish one and all a wonderful, happy, healthy, Chag Kasher V'Sameach, a wonderful Pesach. Uh, we may be here on Cholamoid. We'll see how that goes. And that would be a live show from another country. How do you like that? And until we meet again, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.
Sebastián.